Good morning, everyone. So glad that you could join us again here at Impact Life Church. We're so thrilled and honored that you came to hear from the Word of God today. And so if you got your Bibles, let's jump into today's lesson. I'm excited for what God is going to be sharing with us. And again, I'm just so thankful that we have the ability and the opportunity and really the privilege to learn to live by faith. And so what we've been doing and conducting over our service here at Impact Life Church for the last probably a little over a month now is we've been talking about faith living like God does. And really what God did when he called us out of the kingdom of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of God's dear son, you and I now were taken out of an old way of living by our you know, five physical senses, living by emotion, live by the external realm. God has now called us to living a higher way of living, which is called living by faith. And again, what a blessing that is that you and I have the, the privilege of not only studying it and learning it, but that we actually are capable and qualified to live this new life called faith. And so we're going to dive into that again today. I'm excited for what the Lord is going to be sharing with you, going to be speaking to you. And aren't you thankful that you're not limited by what I say or what I don't say, that you have the teacher right now, right where you're sitting, you have the teacher of the word of God. The Holy Spirit himself lives on the inside of you and he's the author of this book. And he knows it inside and out. He knows how to reveal it to you. He knows how to get it across to right where you are at in the situation and in this time and in this season. So we are so thankful that we have the Holy Spirit. Man, he is good and he's faithful, watching over the word of his word to perform it in you and my life. So let's pray as we approach the word of God today. Father, we love you. Again, we are so thankful for who you are in us and who we are in you. And Lord, as we said, we're so grateful for you, Holy Spirit, that you came to reveal truth. You came to reveal yourself and to reveal Jesus really to us. And what an honor, what a blessing it is to host you in us. Lord, we don't take that for granted. We don't take that lightly. And right now, Father, we ask you that you would illuminate our eyes to see. You would open up our ears to hear, that we would see clearly, that we would hear clearly, so we can walk forward boldly, confidently into this year. We give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, if you got your Bibles, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, and uh, we're going to pick up here again. And these verses, the more and more you read them, the more exciting it really gets. And it says this in, in verse 1, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is God's spiritual child and has been fathered by God himself. Now again, who's that? That's everyone who's called on Jesus. Guess now who you've been fathered by? God himself. Goes on to say, verse 4, jump down a little bit with me, verse 4. He says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Now I'm going to read that again to you real quickly, real slowly. You see that every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So what does he say about being a child of God? That every child of God who are you right now? Who am I right now? We are world overcomers. How did I do that? It's this is the way I was made. God made me this way. That's one of the only times that you can use that phrase. God made me this way. And what did he make you? He made you a world overcomer. That's who you are. By simply accepting and believing Jesus as Lord, as the Messiah, as Christ in your life, guess who God made you? You are now a world overcomer. So this morning, say with me, I am a world overcomer. Come on, say it. I am a world overcomer. 
And it's not something that I do. It's not something that I did. I didn't earn this position. It was given to me. I was made this way simply by my belief in Jesus. Now, because you are a believer, that's who you are. But then the flip side to this is you may not be overcoming. Still, the trials and the tribulations of this life may be taking you out. So what is it then that overcomes this world? Or what, since I've been, I'm an overcomer, what is the tool that overcomers use to overcome with? And right here we see from the word of God, it is faith in Jesus. It's not just my faith in the sense of this is my theological position or this is what my faith says about this type of situation. No, 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 no. We're talking about absolute trust and confidence in someone. You know, the Amplified Bible brings it out like this. He says, everyone born of God <clears throat> is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So our faith in Jesus is what overcomes the world. So again, I want to ask you this question. What is the victory over this world? Is it my education? Is it faith in myself? Is it faith in a program I'm taking? Is it faith in my effort? Is it faith in knowing, you know, um, knowing people in right places? Or is it faith that I have X amount of dollars in my bank account? Is that what puts me over? Not at all. What puts me over, what makes me a world overcomer is my faith in Jesus, my faith in who he is, my faith in what he has done. That right there is what makes me or causes me now to live the overcoming life. So again, faith for us isn't just a topic, it is a lifestyle. Living by faith isn't just something that you hear of once in a while. This is how you and I live every day of our life. God commanded us that the just shall live by faith. And the just simply means those who have been declared righteous by God. That's who you are. Regardless of your past, regardless of what you've done, the mistakes you had, the mistakes you made, by just simply believing that Jesus is the Christ, God took you out of that old kingdom. He absolutely destroyed that old man. He killed the old man and he put a brand new one on the inside. And that new nature that you and I now possess is in God's eyes, righteous justified. He looks at you as if you've never done anything wrong. Woo! That is a good place to be. That's how God views you. That's how you need to see yourself as well. I am one who has, God looks at me as if I've never done anything wrong. And that qualifies you and I now to live this high life called faith. So say it with me, I live by faith. I live by faith. I live by faith. That's what I do. That's who you are. And so this is what we're going to be getting into, <clears throat> again, as we continue going on. But one of the things that as I was just spending some time in prayer and just in study this past week, one of the things the Lord was just kind of helping me to just to go slow. And uh, I know maybe, if, you know, for, for my personality, I'm kind of like, let's go, let's go, let's go. But one of the things that I now really see, and it's the importance of this, is that we have got to make sure that we have a proper foundation that is laid just like, I mean, especially if you're building a home, for example, I know just recently Jamie and I just moved into another home. And so we had an inspector come in. And one of the things that the inspector does is he goes to make sure that the foundation of the home is safe. It's strong. It's established. It's able to hold weight. It's able to sustain our weather that we have here in Alberta, Canada. It's able to sustain, you know, all the different seasons and everything that could be happening. It look, he looks for that. And so that's what he did. And the same thing that we want to do this morning is we want to look, make sure that our foundation is strong. Before we start building and before we start going on, we've got to make sure that our, that our 
foundation is firmly secure and it's firmly established uh, in the Word of God. And so before we jump into more, I mean, I, this is something it feels like I've been saying every week. Before we jump into this, we're also going to just make sure that we've got the proper things laid out so that we can properly build once a, a strong, firm foundation is laid. And I, this is vital. This is crucial for you and I that we actually don't just kind of look at that and go, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, 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 I've heard that. No, make sure that you are established in this so that you can properly build. It's really the only way to see success and only way to move forward in the Christian life. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to just take some time to discuss our foundation. Foundations are crucial. So in Matthew chapter 7, let's go there for a moment. And verse 24 through 27, I'm reading to you from the Passion Bible here. And I just like the way that it brings it out. He says this, everyone, again, this is Jesus preaching his, his teaching on the mount. He says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm. Why? Because of its strong foundation. Okay, verse 26. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27, when it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Now, this is some powerful verses that are right here. Jesus gives us again a very strong look at two individuals' lives here. And what I want to do is I want to dissect that a little bit. I want to look at these two individuals and I want to look at their lives. I want to look at their, the, why they, the, the results that they had. But from this passage right here, first of all, we see a few things. Number one is that we are told to build our life for the storms. See, when you look at the guy in verse 26, the guy who built his life on the sand, he's building his life, he's building his, yeah, his, his life for sunny days. He's building his life to lay on the beach. And that would be great if there wasn't a spiritual outlaw that is in this earth known as Satan. He is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So Jesus gives us a, a heads up going, hey, you got to prepare for the storms of this life. Now, thank God we know this, that God is not the author of storms. He doesn't send storms. He doesn't send trials. He doesn't send problems our way to try to teach us something. No, 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 no. That's not who our God is. The enemy sends trials and storms and problems in life primarily the reason why he does it is he's after the word that you've received that's the bottom line and this is going to be for a later time but that ultimately is why you have trials and tribulations why you're experiencing difficult situations or difficult things the enemy is after the word he doesn't care about you really he doesn't even care about the church so much he's after the word because it's the word that defeats him that's what he's after right? And so that's why it's so crucial. That's why we have this church in particular is we're here to preach the uncompromised word of God. But in your personal life, the enemy is after the word. So now, again, back to what we see from this passage is that we are to build our life for the storms. Secondly, we also see that it's God's will for us to be standing firm regardless of what storms come our way. You can, again, you see that in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, the verse that we had just read above. He says that every child of God overcomes this world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. 
our faith in him. So right here, we see it's God's will that you and I, that we stand firm regardless of what comes our way. God never, never takes pleasure in seeing someone being overcome by a problem or a trial or a tribulation. It gives him no glory. So we gotta, you got to understand, we got to get that in our thinking, that God is not the author of storms, nor does he take pleasure in anyone being overcome or taken over by the storms of life. Thirdly, the storms of life don't take a person out, but the foundation of the individual is what makes it the problems happen. So again, you see this, you get verse 25. So why didn't the storms of life destroy or take out the gentleman or the individual who built on the, on the rock? Because of the foundation of where it was secured. So the storms of life, the problems and the trials do not take people out. It's the foundation from which they're building on. And lastly, we see this, that the words of Jesus are life-giving and life-sustaining words. This is why this word is so precious to us. It's so amazing to us. We guard it with everything we've got because for you and I, the words of Jesus, they give us, not only do they give us life, but they sustain us through the trials and the tribulations that we face. Now, as I said, <clears throat> I want to look into these two individuals and what separates them. Because obviously what we see, you see one guy standing the test of time, standing the trials, overcoming all of them. And you see the other guy who gets swept away by them. And then not only that, but it says this in verse 27, it collapsed and other translations say with a mighty crash. So I don't know about you, but I want to be the individual who now is talked about being a wise man, who is actually no matter what comes my way, I stand strong. I stand tall. No matter what happens, I'm shouting, I have the victory. And then the other guy, when the trials and the problems come, gets swept away by it, gets taken out by it. I do not want to be that guy. So what is it about these two? I have to put them under the microscope, so to speak, and I want to see why is it that he's succeeding and that the other guy's not. And of course, and I just kind of mentioned that, that we do know that it's from this or where you're building your foundation. Now, before, but really what I want to do is not just talk about the foundation. I want to talk about the motivation or the mindsets behind these guys. I want to talk about the choices and the attitudes that they have or their approach and their belief about the word of God. I want to really look into that because of their approach and their belief about the word of God. You see the fruit or the results of it in their lives. Now, why? So as we go with this, they're going to talk about the approaching the word of God. But why is the approach to the word so important? And this is what we're talking about this morning is we're going to take these two gentlemen, these two individuals, and we're going to look at them and go and say, what is your approach to the word of God? And the question I want to say is, why are we saying this statement is why? Why talk about the approach to the word of God? Because how you approach the word of God is how you approach him. If you honor the word, you're honoring him. If you give respect to the word, you're respecting him. If you kind of are nonchalant or eh, about the word of God, that means you're kind of eh about God. So how we treat the word is how we are personally treating God. And this is why we're going into this. And no, we believe this, that the word of God is the foundation for our relationship with him. If we don't trust the Bible, we cannot have any assurance in our relationship with the Lord. So now, I want you to just picture in your mind, you see the guy with the, on the rock, you see the other guy on the sand. And what we're going to do is I want to just share with you, with you two different thoughts and um, um, kind of looking at their lives. And I want to see their attitudes, the choices that they have regarding the word of God. And the first one is this, 
Number one here is the wise man believes that the Bible is the word of God to him versus now the foolish man believes the Bible has been tainted by man. Now I want you just to see these two different these two different thoughts and these two different approaches to the Word of God. Now, I, please don't tune out, kind of go, yeah, no, 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 this is kind of mediocre stuff. No, this is the thing that you have to even for your own self have to decide and make come to a decision and conclusion on your own self. Do you believe that the Word of God or that this Bible is the Word of God to you, or do you believe that this Word has been tainted by man? Because sadly today, many people, including Christians, uh, think that the Bible is a vague representation of what God really wanted to say. They believe that the Bible has been corrupted and mistranslated by people. They, they truly believe that. I mean, I've talked with people, individuals on the streets, just in stores and things, and say, hey, what, what do you think about the Bible? Oh, yeah, the Bible, it's a great book. But, you know, of course, it's man's ideas. It's, it's man, you know, they, they, they tainted, they kind of whole mess this whole thing up. But I would like to just switch on the other side going to, that's not what the Bible actually says about itself. And there's two verses that I want to show you here. First one is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You may be familiar with this, but again, listen to this. Again, the wise man, how, what was his approach to the Word of God? How did he view the Word of God? How did he treat the Word of God? He treated it as such that this, he believed the Bible is the Word of God to him. Okay? 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture, we say all, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It, the Word of God, corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. So right here we see, what does the Word of God do? What is God saying about His Word? God is saying about His Word is that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us. This is what we believe about the Word of God. So wise individuals, wise people, look at the Word of God and say, this Word is God-inspired. It's God-inspired or God-breathed. I believe that, that this is God speaking directly to me. Right? Another verse I want to show you is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. says this in the Passion Bible, that you must understand this at the outset. Interpretation of scriptural prophecy requires the Holy Spirit, for it does not originate from someone's own imagination. So what is Peter saying? He's saying this, that the, that the Word of God, the Bible, didn't come from someone's imagination. You needed the Holy Spirit to actually pen these words for how amazing that it is. I mean, I mean, I was just actually talking uh, with Julian here, and I mean, maybe you've, you've met him, maybe you haven't. I encourage you to meet the guy. He's awesome. But we've been just kind of looking at some of these study Bibles, and the cross-references that this word has is absolutely amazing. I mean, it was written in between about 1,400-year uh, span. I think it's about 40 different authors. It is powerful, and it's, it constantly, there's so many cross-references because it all lines up. It's amazing how God got his word to you and I. It's, it's amazing. And if you actually took the time to study apologetics, it's powerful to actually hear some of the ways that these, these individuals who've given their lives to prove the, the reality and the truth of the word of God. It's so interesting. It's amazing to see. Uh, but this is what Paul, or sorry, uh, Peter's also saying that no prophecy uh, came from or originate from someone's own imagination. Nobody made this stuff up. Then he says in verse 21, no true prophecy comes from human initiative. 
but it is inspired by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon those who spoke the message that came from God. So what is it? It's people that were moved by God to pen these words, to write these down. It was God using these vessels to write down to you and I what we're holding in our lap called the Bible so that we could see it and we could hear it for our own selves today. Thank God for the Bible. Now, so I want to look at this. The wise individual, his approach to the word is this. It's as if God's word is alive and active to him today. Another approach that he has towards the Bible is this. He believes that the word of God is the foundation for his relationship with him. He believes this. Thirdly now, if it's, it's God's access to him, but it's also my access to God. This is how the wise man thinks. He goes like this and he going, okay, this is how God gets access to me. This is how I get access to him. This, again, we're, we're comparing the two different guys here. We got the guy that was built his house on the rock and the guy that built his house on the sand. What's the difference, right? So we just heard from the wise guy's side. Now I want to look at you from the, the foolish man. The foolish individual approaches the Bible like this, as you would any other helpful book, and you simply, you take what you can get out of it, right? It's good. Yeah, let's, you know, there's some parts in it that just aren't for, t- just take out what that really works for you. Another way a foolish guy takes or approaches the word of God is this, is he believes that the Bible has good ways for living, but it's not for everyone. Right, that has some good principles, some good thoughts. There's a few things that you could really, you know, get in there and you can maybe see it in your life. Right? It'd be good to, to practice that, but it's not for everyone. Thirdly, now, the foolish individual approaches the Bible and thinks that good people that wrote the Bible, absolutely, but it was more of like a journal entry to them. It basically, the way that they view it and the way that they see it is that these individuals, they pen the Bible, but it's basically their journal entry, their experiences, what they wrote, but they didn't actually capture the full thought of what God wanted to say. Now, the reality is this, is if I expect to grow and I want to be a fruitful believer in Christ, I need to get where I'm adamant about this truth, that it is God's word speaking to me. Now, again, we're talking about, we're ultimately talking about faith, but we're checking to make sure our foundation's right because faith is going to be very difficult to live by if I just view this word as, I was a journal entry, you know, the Apostle Paul. Yeah, I've heard about the guy, Paul. I mean, he wrote lots of the New Testament, but this was just his experience. This is what he felt. This is what he saw. And so he's just penning words to you and I that really came out of a piece of his journal. If that's your approach to the word of God, that is just mere men writing to you and I about their experiences, you and I are are on a way of building our life based on sand. And that is not the place we want to be. We are going to have to simply believe the word of God when it tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16, in 2 Peter chapter 1, 20 and 21, that the word of God came directly from him. The Bible came directly from the mouth of God. Do you believe that? That's a question you got to answer for yourself. Do you believe that? Because how you approach, how we approach the word of God is going to determine you and I if we're going to be growing and advancing in faith. Because if again, if I'm looking at it just like somebody wrote this thing to us because of their experiences, I will not take this as God's word to me. I just view it as another person's opinion and therefore I will never have faith in it. So again, you have to come to that concrete decision that God's word is God speaking directly to me from his mouth to my heart to my mouth. I speak it back out. Do you believe that? That's the first place to start. And what's wonderful about this, it's a choice. 
So if you're kind of a skeptic about the Bible going, yeah, I don't know, man. It's been a couple thousand years since this thing's been written. I don't quite really understand. You know what? You don't have to understand in order to have faith. It's simply a choice. You can go, hey, this is the verses that I see from the Word of God. And there's plenty others. I just listed off a couple for you this morning. But there's plenty others. Do your own study on that and come to the conclusion or just even come to your own heart saying, no, I'm going to choose to believe this, that the Bible is God speaking to me. I believe that. It's not Paul speaking to me about his experiences or his journal entry. You've got to come to that conclusion. Number two, and the second one I want to talk to us about this morning is this. The wise man believes that the Bible is the absolute truth versus the foolish man believes the Bible was true in its time but needs to be updated because of cultural changes. So again, I want you to keep having these two guys in your, in your mind's eye. You have the wise man and you got the foolish man and they both have different results. One, they're building their life on the sand. The other guy, they're building their life upon the rock. So how, okay, you see, obviously, when the storms of life come, one prevailed, one succeeded, one rose above the, the problems and trials, the other did not. So we got to understand the approaches that these guys had. And again, what am I saying? This, the approach of the wise guy is this, is that they look to the word of God as absolute truth. Whereas the why or the foolish man, he looks at the word of God and says, yeah, the Bible is good for its time, but because of the cultural changes, because now we are in 2021, it needs to be updated. Okay, I want you to see those two different approaches. Now, the reason I'm saying it, because again, society today believes this, and what they've done is that they have moved away from absolute belief in God's word. And the result of moving away from absolute uh, belief that in God's word to be true is you have this term relativism. It what simply means this, <laughs> uh, there are no absolutes. Relativism is this, what is true for you is not necessarily true for me. Again, there are no absolute. And if you really think about it, <laughs> it's actually politically incorrect to be, ab um, to be in our society, to be absolutely sure about anything. I mean, you hear, you hear sometimes some people talk and they get offended that you are absolutely positive that this is the way. I mean, just walk down in your, in, your, in your grocery store and just start talking about Jesus being the only way. Look at the debate that you're going to have on your hands, right? <laughs> so being absolutely sure or being uh, that saying that there's an absolute truth in something is absolutely politically incorrect. And so what we're going to do is we're going to challenge that because if I want to see the results and I want to live the life of the guy that's the, the wise man who wasn't overcome by all the problems and trials of life, I have to come to this conclusion and I have to believe this, that God's word is absolutely true in my life. If you are going to be a person whose interpretation of what is right and wrong changes based on the circumstance or what kind of situation you're in, then you are like a ship without an anchor that is constantly being driven or tossed by whatever comes your way. Without an absolute truth, your and my life is like this. Oh, hey, oh, hey, that's not going to be okay. That's not going to fly. James chapter 1, 6 through 8 says it like this in the New Living Bible. He says, but when you ask him, and then in this particular case, he's talking about wisdom. He says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty 
is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. You hear those words? Those are powerful words. So again, what is the, the foolish guy? Let's talk about this. Let's point him out for a sec again. His approach to the word of God is this. He's saying this, that because, you know, the, the Bible was good for its time and it's, it was good back then when it was written, but now it needs to be updated. It needs to be changed because of the culture that we're living in. What's going to happen in five years from now? Culture is constantly changing. There's no absolutes in the natural culture that we're living in. And so what happens is you've got to constantly change with what's happening. There's no absolutes. And therefore, the result is what we just read in James chapter 1. You are unstable in everything that you do. You're unstable in every decision that you make. You're up, you're down, you're here, you're there. That person says this over there, let's go jump and be part of that. That person thinks that over there, let's go be part of that. That is a dangerous place to be. And I'll give you another, just a good example of this. The terminology that we have in the world today that is absolutely ungodly is this. My truth. I need to speak from my truth. I need to live out my truth. You need to live out your truth. That is demonic. That is absolutely wrong. It does not come from God. It doesn't come from the kingdom of God. Because your truth is relative based on your experiences. My truth is based on what I've experienced and what I've seen. We have to have an absolute truth that we can go by, live off of, stand on, and know that it's absolutely right. So I want to encourage you, if you've ever used that terminology, get that terminology out of your life as quickly as you possibly can. There, Yeah, you may have experiences, but it's not the truth. The truth comes from our God, and He is absolute in everything that He does. Now, let's look at this here for a little bit. I want to talk about, again, the wise individual, the approach that he has towards the Word of God. As I said, he believes the Word of God is absolute it's absolute truth, meaning this, that it doesn't need to be changed. What God said back then, it's the same as it was 6,000 years ago when the world was created, 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. You know, throughout this century, throughout this time, in 2021, this Bible is still relevant. This Bible is still true. This Bible will work for you. Do you believe that? If you do... You are setting yourself up to be that wise man that no matter what the tests or the trials come your way, you're setting yourself up to be strong and overcoming. If you're more on the other side going, oh, it needs to be updated. That was true for, you know, the apostles back in the day, for the disciples back in the day. But 2021 brings on a whole different animal. It's a whole other culture, a whole other generation. The word of God is outdated. We can get some ideas from it, but it needs to be updated ultimately. If that's your mindset, you are going to be unstable in everything that you do. And the result is when the trials and the tribulations and the problems come your way, great will be the crash of your life. Now I'm not saying that prophetically, I'm not saying that to make it mean or to sound harsh. I'm just giving you the reality of what Jesus said. If this is how you're going to live, don't expect to be standing strong. It will not work. You can throw all the prayers you want out there. You can ask people to pray for all you want. But the reality is, is you don't approach the God as absolute truth. So it's going to hinder your walk with him. It's going to do that. Okay. Still love you. Still the same God. I love you. Now, Now let's look at this again. The wise individual, how he approaches the word. He approaches it like this. 
He looks at it for wisdom on how to handle any situation. If this is the absolute truth, the wise man looks to the word of God and says, well, first he asks, whenever a trial or a situation comes, what does the word have to say about this situation? And not only that too, because it's absolute truth for him, not only does he say, what does the word say about that? Then he's so hungry to go and he's going to live that or live out what the word of God tells him. You know, James chapter 1 verse 22 says it like this, but don't just be listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Here it with me. Do what it says. So you and I, we're not called just to hear God's word. We're called to do it. And we see that again in Matthew chapter 7. The wise guy here in verse 24. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a person or to a wise man who built his house on solid rock. Now, this is what this wise guy is. This is what he's saying. And this is, again, his approach to the word of God. What does the word say about this particular situation? And not just, okay, God, that's good. That's a good principle. He's going to apply it to his life and he's going to carry it out to see the end result. The last way I think I want to show you about the, the way this, the wise man approaches the word of God is this. Um, he checks everything out by the truth. He checks it all out, no matter who's speaking, no matter if it's the president, the prime minister, the premier, the, the mayor, the MLAs, the, the sports analysts, the, the greatest athletes in the world, the greatest scientists in the world, all those people that are out there, they're wonderful. But what he's going to do is he's going to check everything he hears and he is going to make sure that it lines up with this word. I mean, you see this all the time. Uh, you see in the book of Acts, I can't remember the proper address, but Paul was talking to some different men uh, and he was preaching to them. And it says that these men went to the scriptures constantly to see if these things were so. Listen, there is many false prophets, false teachers that have gone out to the world and a lot of false spirits that are out there. And there's a lot of voices that are proclaiming and saying things, but you and I, as believers, we have got to go and we got to approach what they're saying and we got to line it up with this word. Does it line up? If not, throw it out. Even with what I'm doing with you this morning, if it doesn't line up with this word, throw it out. Pay no attention to it. And this is the way we've got to view what's happening. We got to view the current culture that we're living in, we got to line it up with the word. Just because so-and-so said that this was okay, or so-and-so said this is a fine lifestyle to have, or so-and-so said, hey, it just seems like it's the right thing to do, doesn't make it right. We have got to go by our absolute truth. And this is what this man who looks at the word of God and approaches it from the standpoint, he's building his life on the rock. This is how he views the word. This is how he sees the word. This is how he applies the word to his life. It's absolute truth. Therefore, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to check everything by the book. If it's in there, okay, I believe that. If it's not, throw it out. Now, on the contrary now, the foolish individual, he looks at it as good advice. But because we live in a different time, we have to interpret everything. In other words, he doesn't look at, as, at the word of God as infallible. He believes that there's some mistakes or it just, as I said, needs to be updated. We need the, you know, the, the great B-I-B-L-E. We need the 2021 version. That's how he's viewing. Again, I'm talking about the, the, uh, the foolish man, right? And the next thing that we see is that the foolish person, he believes, again, it's outdated. It needs to be updated to our current culture. Whatever is said or talked about 
from the natural, even if how, how great scientists are and all the, the PhDs and MBBs that all these guys have, and they go, oh yeah, it must be true because they have a PhD or they went to school for 15 years, so they must know what they're talking about. They basically are like little chicks that are in this nest and they're just taking everything that's being fed at them and just throwing it down and just taking it, just taking it, just taking it. Oh, this is what they're saying? Okay, I'm going to just... That's what they're saying. They're just taking it all in. And the reality is because the word of God isn't absolute truth, what are they basing it off of? They're going to be basing it off of how they feel. They're going to be basing it off of the current culture and the state of this world. If you're going to go by that, the Bible tells us that we are being foolish. You hear the word of God, but you don't apply it to your life. Why? Because you view the word of God as outdated. You view the word of God as unimportant or un, you know, unpopular or it's just it's politically incorrect now. You can't use those things or can't say those things. It's going to leave you in a bind and it's going to leave you in this place that when the trials and tribulations come, it'll take you over. So again, What's our reality take from this little segment here is that your attitude towards the word determines whether you succeed or fail. That's absolutely true. If Satan can attack your mind and get you to doubt the accuracy and infallibility of God's word, then he can get you to doubt God's word. And then we're stuck. Then we're in this constant state. So I want to encourage you. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But what I want to encourage you with this morning here is that you just hear this message. You understand what we're, what we're saying here from the Word of God and make the changes. If you're one who constantly says, oh man, the Word of God needs to be updated. And, but this is what I've seen in my family. These are the experiences. These are the problems that we're facing. And I know the Bible says differently, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. I, I, I get all that. You know, there was one phrase that I remember here hearing from Billy Graham, and it, I remember it just really blessed me, and I, I'm, it's a very popular phrase, but he says, what we've done now is we've been so careful not to offend people that we've offended God. We cannot do that, and God in his love and his mercy has given us his truth to actually pull people out of difficult lifestyles or prob problematic areas of ways of living and to live now in truth. Because his truth, according to what Jesus said, John chapter 8 talks about, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the only place, the beginning for freedom in your and my life, is not just, again, throwing another prayer, and thank God for all that, but it's coming to know the truth. Do I believe that God's word is absolute truth? If so, guess what? I'm on my way to freedom. So if you found yourself kind of on this side, being, being foolish, being, oh, I don't believe all that stuff, and you know, it's not really, make a change, make a heart change. Submit that to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm, just what I heard Joel just talking about this morning, Lord, I want to submit that to you. If there's areas of my life where I, I'm not believing you, show me. I, I want to grow. I want to learn. And watch the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace, the Spirit of love come and absolutely just reveal His goodness to you and watch the change happen. Remember this, it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads people to the repentance. And that's what we're trying to do here is just to show you, again, from these two different perspectives, these two different results of their life by just their approach and their attitude towards the Word of God. No, we love you. We're so glad that you came to join us again today. Thanks for being part of us. And if you're if you're in the Red Deer area, if you're in this in this region, we would love for you to come check us out. Impact Life Church here in Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, we want you to be part of our family. If you're able to come in live, come live. We've got two services happening on Sunday morning. And if you can't, we're part again. We're glad that you're part of our online family. We love you. God bless you and have a great rest of your day.